0: We're going to continue this morning. Uh, last week we started a, a sermon series on connection, so it'll be three sermons. Uh, last week, this week, and next week. If you're con- concerned about how many three is, that's three. So there's last week we talked about uh, connection to God. Uh, what does it mean to be connected to God? We spent a lot of time about how we have to uh, get real with ourselves and invite Jesus into our mess to get to get our mess, our sin, our brokenness, get that out of the way, so that christ's life can flow into our lives that new newness can flow into our lives uh, and this week we'll talk about that horizontal connection to each other and then ne- uh next this week next week we'll talk about connection to the mission of god in the world uh, and i was kind of burdened to do this uh, because I, I what does it mean to be a, a fully developed follower of jesus what has god made us to be who has god made us to be Uh, And I think a lot of clues can be taken from the beginning of the Bible. Uh, And you look how God made humanity, Adam and Eve. He made us, designed us. It's in the, the fabric of our being, if you will. He's made us for connection with Himself. Remember, Adam and Eve were, had this intimate relationship with God where they're walking in the cool of the garden, they're looking at God, they're talking with God, they're interacting with God, experiencing God and in, in His fullness and the blessings of the garden, that there was a, a richness of relationship there. So we're we're designed, you're made for that. And part of our problem in sin is that we look look for that. That fulfillment, that satisfaction, that fullness, we look for it in other places, sometimes ourselves and sometimes other people, sometimes our work, our families. But God has designed you for an intimate relationship with Himself, to know Him, not just know about Him. But sin has interrupted that, and we need Christ's reconciliation. We need Christ's work in our lives to bring us back to God. Remember that wonderful passage from 1 Peter chapter 3 that he uh, he suffered in order, Jesus suffered in order to bring us to God. That one of God's great designs for you now in the gospel is that you would be brought to God, that that connection with God would be restored. But when we look also to the garden, we see that he didn't just make us to be silos. He didn't make us just to be connected to him. As though it were, and how this sometimes manifests today is that simply you—it's you you and Jesus, and that's all you need. And we know that's not true. We don't live that way. We—we know we can't live that way, Uh, and that God didn't design us that way. Adam had Eve, and they had family and they it grew into a, a society, a culture, a net, network of relationships. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is really how do we connect? Primarily, how do we connect to the body of Christ? What does that mean? Uh, and then next week, we'll kind of talk about connecting to God's mission in the world. Uh, and we see, so God didn't make us to be silos. He made us to be connected to other people. And then he also made us to be connected to his purpose in the world. Adam and Eve, Adam's made, they're made to know God. They're made to know each other, to walk in connection with each other. Sin also interrupted that. Sin interrupted our connection with one another. And it needs to be restored by the power of Christ. And then, next week, we'll talk about God has made us with a purpose. Adam and Eve were made in the image of God. Do you remember this? God blessed them. He told them, he, he blessed them. He told them to be fruitful and multiply and to do what? To, to subdue, exercise dominion. You guys are usually like my, I had one guy answer. You need to. You uh, we made us to subdue. To, and that, that sounds like, oh, domineering. But all that is is that God has made us to be his co workers in the context of creation. And so that your purpose, whatever you do, Whatever season you're in is to connect what you what God has made you to do with his purpose so that you can have a meaningful, flourishing life. And so life is best best lived when we're fully connected, when we're full. We're connected to God. We're connected to one another as the body of Christ. And then we're connected to his purpose in the world. OK, I'm about about to preach the third message, but we're on the second message. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter four. Verses 7 through uh, 16. So would you stand as I read? Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 16. Hear the Word of God. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive, and he gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth. The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, Growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness and techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ. From Him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Hear the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for the marvelous, amazing grace that has been given to us in Jesus, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. All of our goodness, all of our hope, is, rests securely in Jesus. Any hope of acceptance, the connections of worship and of new life, they are found in Christ. We thank You, O oh Lord, for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for the gift of seeing these little ones sing and the energy of singing your praises and singing about the truths of the gospel. And we pray, O Lord, I echo the prayers of earlier that you would give deep roots and sure foundation that they might grow up as oaks of righteousness to the praise of your glory. Uh, Father, we thank you for this moment where you speak to us in your word. So Lord, would you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts that are soft to your touch. And Father, I now pray that whatever proceeds from this mouth that is not of you would fall to the floor and remain unheard. For the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Lord Jesus, you said heaven and earth may pass away, but your word will never pass away. So Lord, speak to us even this morning. Would we know whatever we've brought to this moment Whatever concerns, anxieties, stresses, distractions, would we know right now that you are going to speak to us? So, Father in heaven, speak, please. Your children are listening. Have mercy in the name of Christ. Amen. Let may be seated. There's something in the power of connection. There's something to the power of connection. Last week, I used a really kind of a silly illustration about that time. I almost burned down a hotel in, uh, in Germany. There's a story there. It's the, the, the teaser to the story is actually better to the, than the story. So I'm just going to leave you with a teaser. I almost burned down a hotel um, because of a bad connection. But when the connection's bad, right, when you plug in, say you plug in a lamp, you plug in a TV, the first thing that you check on is the lamp or the TV. We have this, uh, we have a TV in our house that's mounted, right, and um, we do our best to kind of limit the screen time that the kids have. But sometimes it just, they'll, they'll, we have, and we have one of those tiny Roku remotes, which, Well, you'll gets lost in a sock like the thing is perpetually lost. Uh, And so there'll be times where they're acting up and they're fighting and they're bickering. And y'all, I know that's only the preacher's kids. That doesn't happen to your kids, but it happens to my kids. And they're all like doing their thing. And I can't find the remote. I'm trying to be all stern, like I'm going to turn off the TV now and I can't do it. And because I can't find it, so I'll go and I'll have to go yank the thing out of the out of the outlet behind the TV. It's over the fireplace. It's there, and have to yank yank it out. And then and then it's just like meltdown. Like the TV's never going to come on again, you know. Um, And we're never going to watch, you know, Paw Patrol and Blaze, whatever it is that we watch. Uh, I don't watch adult TV anymore. It's just cartoons anyway. Um, But the first thing that you think about is the is the product before you. And we talked about this last week, that usually when we're diagnosing the issue in our lives, why why do I not have fulfillment? Why is my life not flourishing? Why am I not experiencing fullness? I, I have all of these things. And we can list them out, right? Count all your blessings, name them one by one. And if you were honest with yourself, you could do that for the rest of the afternoon. From the small ones to the big ones. And yet somehow we can live in one of the most gifted, privileged cultures in the world. And yet we can be a bunch of very grumpy, angry, divisive people. We have all of the, I mean, consider it. If, if some of you have traveled overseas and you know, but just go to the grocery store. You can go to the grocery store anytime the grocery store is open and there will be fresh food for you to eat. Have you thought about that? That's not true for large parts of the world. But every day, it feels like this is me again. Every day, I go to the grocery store. And we, all, we always forget something. We need something. We need diapers. I had to go to Target at like 10 o'clock at night the other night, which I realized with children how infrequently I drive at night now. Uh, it's like I felt like a no, no offense to some of you, I felt like a little old lady. Like I was like, where, where am I? Uh, <laughs> So there's, but there's something to the connection, but when the connection is lost, we misunderstand what's before us. And the, the point I'm trying to make is that when the kind of pointing back last week, when your connection to God is misaligned, the goodness of God right before you will be missed. When your connection with God is jacked up, when, it's, when you're separated from God, you're not in a relationship with God, then your experience of God's blessings right now will be missed. You won't be content because you'll, you'll be leaning upon the things, for, you'll be leaning upon the gifts for ultimate fulfillment rather than the giver. And one of the, mo, one of the places that this is most devastating is in the context of relationships, Now, my view is very, very narrow. I'm not going to apply this to all of our relationships, but the point applies to all of our relationships. If we're disconnected from God, we're not looking to Him primarily for our hope, our joy, our fulfillment, our newness in life, our happiness, then inevitably, in the relationships that you have, you will take all of that burden, all of that weight of your joy and of your fulfillment, and you will try to rest it upon other people. And what will happen is that you will find it will either crush those people or those people won't be be what you want them to be. And you feel like you've got to maneuver them and manipulate them in order to be able to carry what you think they ought to be. Y'all don't know about this, do you? I know about this. And this is something that shows up in the life of the church over and over and over again because it's so easy not just I'm not saying that that we're always unbelievers like we've never trusted in Jesus and we're not Christians but it's so easy for that that connection that flow of fullness and of life that flows from Christ into Christians that should then flow by God's power and his spirit into the church when that flow gets disrupted behind the scenes the symptoms come to bear in the context of the body and so we, we then expect the body to serve us as Jesus has promised to serve us. We, we expect the body of Christ to do something that Jesus has promised to do for us. And inevitably, when you ask somebody to do be Jesus who isn't Jesus, it's going to crush them because you're not Jesus and I'm not Jesus. I tell this often to which I'm now, I feel like I've had two experiences this week. One that made me feel really old driving at night uh second one that made me feel really young which neither of those are true because i'm just middle-aged it's just the way it is um but i had to go to the bank for some church stuff and um we're, we took out a three million dollar loan to completely renovate build a bunch of new buildings i didn't tell you guys but that's what we're just gonna do um <laughs> probably take a lot more than that five million they said it was an opalink blank check you know uh, I said, the church is good for it. Jim, don't, don't die. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> it was for, it was nothing. Uh, but the, uh, the talk is very nice lady that works at the bank. And she was, she, she said, you know, I always get this question. Are, so you're the pastor. It's like, no, I feel like sage, like, No, I'm a fake pastor. I'm the the youth guy, the youth pastor, not a real one. Um, you're a real one, buddy. <laughs> my heart. Uh, but I said, "Yes, ma'am. I, you know, I'm the I'm the pastor. I'm I, you know, Lee. I'm not really Lee. Anyway, I'm the pastor here." And she's like, "You're so young. How'd you beat out all the old guys?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I've been, "I've been there like 8 years." I, I don't know what. She was just astounded that I and I was like, "It wasn't like a track meet, you know, like I was I had to ra- race outrace them. Uh, it was just the, the hand of God." Um, <laughs> um But there is a I felt, I felt, I felt so, so old uh, and new and young and, but I tell people all the time, I tell pastors that are guys that are longing or expecting or working through a, a call to ministry is that when you try to, my greatest stressors in my life, my, in my, in my ministerial pastoral life, the greatest stress comes upon me. And it's so easy to slide into this. The greatest stress that comes upon me is when I try to be Jesus. That sounds stupid, like, I, I of all people should know better. Um, and you of all people should know better. But when I try to take responsibility for what only Jesus can do, like, only God and His Holy Spirit can bring new life to people. Only, only God converts people. Only God can actually change this person who we've had the same. I mean, it's, you're not in the room, the guy that I have in my mind. So don't worry. Uh, but if it's true of you, shoot fits, okay? But uh, it's not you. I've had that happen too. Pastor, how could you preach at me like that? But i I didn't know. Uh, but we have the same counseling session over and over and over and over and over again. And he's, it's the same issue. I come with the same, you know, have you, have, you, have you prayed about this? Have you looked at this? Have you done this? You know, I'd be, I'd be willing to take this step with you three months later. And I'm like, finally, I'm like, if you're not going to do anything that I tell you to do, I don't know what else to do. I'll pray with you. I love you, brother. But we can't meet anymore. And so you're going to do what's right before you. I can't I can't do it for you. But especially when I was now, I'm like, do what you're going to do. Not a lot, you know, not in a like in a hateful way. But I used to carry that. God, how do I make this guy do this? It's ruining his family. It's ruining his marriage. It's ruining his children. It's he's setting them up for generations of brokenness because he refuses to just take this step. How do I make him do it? And God's like, You don't, you can't. And that's just the pastor. But we come into the church with this, this backload of, we haven't been fulfilled in Jesus. We haven't met true pleasure, true delight in Christ. Our connection vertically is, is at, least, it's at least a little bit white noise. It's a little bit uninterrupted. Some people, it's completely severed, and so the joy in the moment is missed. And so you expect the church to do things and to be things. And so part of them, in the time that I have left, which is brief, I want to do point, point, point in this in this thing in this passage, and then I want to point to kind of a few ways that you might get into healthy connection. With the body, but before we get into the here are maybe one or two ways that you might have healthy connection with the body, I want to say this passage brilliantly I mean it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, but brilliantly shows one beautiful truth that your Christian maturity, your Christian maturity is directly connected to your connection, your healthy connection to the body of Christ, or lack thereof. Your spiritual maturity is directly connected to your connection to the body of Christ, or lack thereof. What do I mean? That you will not be a mature follower of Jesus if you are never truly connected to the body of Christ. Cards on the table. When Jesus saves a person, he saves them into community. Now there will be seasons of your life where it, it feels like you don't have a you don't have a spiritual home. You're kind of I, I get that. I'm not trying to harp on that. But if your mode of operation in your brain is thinking I don't need I don't need other people to follow Jesus, that is the idol that needs to be torn down. Amen. Now grace was given to each one of us. The beginning of Ephesians four is all about what like. One, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who's over all and above all. He's all in all in all one God. One, 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 this huge unity. And now he begins to spread out diversity. Now, I don't mean this in like modern diversity training. But I'm, what I mean by this is that there's one God and then he's, he, has, he's, he gives gifts to people. Now, grace was given to each one of us. There is an individualism connected to the unity. And this comes to bear in the church. And it comes to bear in the church because there's unity and diversity within the Godhead of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But let's not get too sidetracked. But God gives grace to each Christian according to the measure of Christ's gift. So all of this flows again. It's connected to Jesus, flows from Jesus into each of you into the church. Now, that's important because there are going to be branches of churches that tell you that grace is, is entrusted to the institution first and then to the members. Right, that's, that's the paradigm. That we're, That's not true. God gives grace to the members and then to the body. He saves individuals and brings them into the body. I'm not trying to chase that rabbit. It's a big rabbit, and he fights back. But when he says... For it says in verse 8, when he ascended on high, Christ, all right, so Jesus dies, puts in the grave, rises on the third day, he ascends in the heaven. And maybe you've asked yourself, why, if he's here to set up the kingdom of God, why would Jesus leave? This passage begins to tell us why. For when he ascended on high, he took captives captive and he gave gifts to people. Jesus In the body ascends to open up the floodgates of the Holy Spirit. Now the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow into the church through those who have been born again. And he ascended is also the one who descended. Um, And he ascends. Verse 10. We begin to see the mission. All right, so follow me. Jesus ascends. To give gifts to people, and the gifts are necessarily of grace, meaning that you haven't earned them. They're not just personality traits, but they're from God's grace in exercised in your life. So that, just kind of track where we are right now, and I'll tell you the why in a second. But God has saved you, Christian, and He has gifted you, Christian, through His Holy Spirit, Christian, in order for something. That's where we are right now. It's all of grace. So that Jesus ascends, the Holy Spirit's poured out upon his church, and he gifts you. That means that you have something to do. The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens. Verse 10, why? Why would Jesus ascend? Why does this con- what does this have to do with our connection? He ascends in order to fill all things. So now track with me. Jesus ascends, the Holy Spirit's poured out, and there's a diversity of members. The church invisible ever since Jesus ascended, empowered by the Spirit, in order to fill all things with the power, the presence, the gospel of Jesus. So understand where you're gifting, according to this passage, right now, one of the primary places that your gifts need to be exercised are out there. You've been given gifts for the sake of the church, yes. But right here, your giftedness in the Lord is gifted so that Jesus' presence, His power, His gospel might fill all things. Not just a sanctuary on Sunday, but that His presence, His power, His gospel would fill your home Monday through Saturday. That His presence, His power, His gospel might fill your workplace Monday through Friday, whatever. That, that it might fill your neighborhood. You understand that his, He's gifted you for His mission to fill all things. This is it's an important lead-in for next week. But if this connection is jacked up, then you're gonna come into the church not to be equipped and deployed into the world, you're gonna come into the church simply to consume. You're thinking if I can just get enough, then I will finally be full. I'll finally be satisfied. Now, y'all know, I, I, I was telling the group of guys this morning, like, I can jump into the well, I can swim around in the deep stuff, and I will love it. I will live there the rest of my life if the Lord allowed me. He won't allow me there. You know, read books, write books, whatever. That's not where I am. That's not what he's called me to be. Because he's gifted me for something, to do something. Amen. And he's gifted you to be something and to do Something. But if our connections interrupted, you're going to miss the reason why God has called you out of life into death and he's called you into the membership of the church. Jesus saves us to be disciples that live on mission for him in the world, not to be religious consumers. But what happens as we don't emphasize that connection with the Lord, the church is suffers. The mission suffers. The work suffers. Because we have people that come. And this, it's a never-ending pit, right? You, just, you could pour everything you've got. Thinking one day they're going to grow up enough to, to live the life that God has called them to live. And it, it doesn't always work that way. This is a revelation that the Lord has been imparting to me. Not, that sounds strange, right? That's, I don't mean it like that. But God has been teaching me this through his word. That you, you, don't just, you don't keep pouring into leaky buckets, expecting them to hold water. You've got to patch the holes so that the bucket can be used for a bucket. Or a better illustration, I have this gigantic hose that was free, so I can't complain. But it it kinks if you look at it weird. And because it kinks, if you look at it weird, it starts spraying. It's now it's worked all these little tiny holes. So every time you you turn it on, it just shoots water everywhere. Um, And I need to do either. I need to get a new hose or I need to patch the hose instead of keep trying to do what I'm doing with the hose. The, The life of life giving waters of Christ's grace in your life is meant to flow through you like that hose out into the world. Okay. Meant to flow through you as you are, where you are, as you're gifted out into the world. He says he sent it so that he could give the Spirit to fill all things, and then he gives leadership to help supply that. He gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. I don't have time to unpack all of this this morning, but God gave word centered leadership people to the church to equip the church for this work of ministry. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. You can't separate this part. We we talk about that verse to equip you for the work of ministry, to build you up, to build up the body of Christ. We can't separate that from Christ's stated mission earlier on to fill all things. So we, we can't disjoint that. It flows from Christ into you, into the world. It flows from Christ into you, into the network of the church, into the world. So that you have something to give, you have something to offer both to the body of Christ and to the world around you. And and maybe you, you're 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 too humble or too self-deprecating or maybe it's unbelief to believe that that's possible. To think that you have anything That would be useful to Jesus. But dear one, if you are a Christian, you have it. The Holy Spirit is planted in your spiritual soil to grow up fruit for the Lord in your life. Spiritual fruit like love and joy and peace and patience. But also outward fruit. Serving your neighbors. Loving the brothers and sisters. Bearing one another's burdens. Praying for people. Serving the needy. Evangelizing the lost. Comforting those who are and right? You have a role to play. So that the presence and the power and the gospel of Jesus might overflow the octagon of this sanctuary into the world. So your connection with one another ought to empower you, ought to empower us for the Lord's work. But when we come in, again, when we come in with deficient connection to the Lord, then we look for it in one another. And when we look for it in one another, our fellowship suffers. And it might not feel like it's suffering. But becomes a collective exercise in codependence. Spiritual codependence. Rather than saying the Lord has filled my cup, I come in with a full cup, even if I I might be struggling, I might be walking through hard times, I might be dealing with battling sin or something relationship-wise or something with my work. It doesn't mean that we're we're infallible and everything's fine, but that means that I've met with the Lord, I'm connected with Him. And I'm able to bring that to bear even in suffering. And other people are able to come alongside me. That's the only way that you can minister to people. Do you understand that? If, if all you are doing is having to get something from somebody else, you can never truly give to them. If all you're trying to get spiritual fulfillment and spiritual joy and happiness and satisfaction from these other people, then you can never give to them. Do you understand that? You can, you can never give if all you're doing is looking to get it. He's equipping the saints for the work of ministry. I'm moving, I'm sorry. Uh, until we reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing in maturity with stature measured by Christ's fullness, He's growing us up. But understand the, the umbrella on, over all of this. Jesus ascended to give gifts to His church to fill all things. So our maturity, our spiritual Christ-like maturity is linked to Jesus's mission. It's linked to one another. He gave gifts so that we would grow together into maturity. We would not be deceived, verse 14, and that we would speak the truth in love to let us grow up in every way into him who is the head. He gives gifts to empower us for his work so that we could grow together. We could grow together. You cannot grow individually. At least not the way you'll, you'll grow like a misshapen sweet potato in hard ground. Some of y'all know that what I'm talking about there. You put a, you put a sweet potato in really hard ground, it's not going to look like a sweet potato at the store. It's going to be this like funky looking gargoyle thing. If you try to grow on your own, you will never image Jesus like you could. but speaking the truth in love so that it's necessary for us to interact with each other, to grow up into every way who, into him who is the head, so that Jesus is our marker of maturity. And then verse 60, from him, from Christ, so there is this flowing, right? John talks about in first, I mean, in John chapter 1, verse 16, that from him we've received grace upon grace, that there's this flowing stream of life, vitality, and grace that flows from Christ into our lives, So that from him, the whole body fitted and knit together. He uses the body imagery. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if your, you know, your leg grew while your torso didn't? Or some of us, as we age, our torso grows, but our appendages don't. They seem to get thinner and this gets wider. But as the arm grows, so the body grows, right? My, my little ones don't have 45-year-old arms. They have little children arms. So it's a silly image, but this is what happens. When you think that you can go off and get like super monastic, grow in your faith all by yourself, and then you're going to come into the church, you're going to look like some robot arm trying to plug onto a toddler's body. I don't know if that's helpful or not, but I used it. From the whole body fitted together, knit together, every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body. The growth of the body depends on the growth of the members. The growth of the body depends on the growth of the members. Because God does not give grace to be distributed from an institution to its members. He gives grace to its members to then create a body of Christ for the sake of his work. The body of Christ will only grow in relationship to the individual growth of its members. And so we are intertwined together. And we are not perfect. I understand that. This is a wonderful church. Uh, It's one of the greatest privileges of my life to be the pastor here. We're not perfect, but God is doing things in our midst. But if there's a deficit, if they're saying, wow, this isn't as it ought to be. Okay, that's fine. We can point those things out. We can see them grow. But you need to hold that The criticism of the body, you need to hold that in one hand and a humility before the Lord with the other saying, Lord, am I walking with you? Am I somehow contributing to the deficit that I find? Because we are first, we are first a body before we are an institution. You understand? So that your growth impacts my growth. And my growth impacts your growth, which impacts your growth, which impacts your growth, which impacts your growth. So should we, we should be diligently praying for one another. We should be diligently serving one another. Saying, Lord, how have you made me? What can I do to plug in to help the life of the church? But all of that, the body of Christ, is meant to work for the head who is Jesus and he has work to do in this world. So our maturity cannot be one. Our our maturity cannot be removed from one another and it cannot be removed from God's mission in this world or it won't ever really be fully mature. All right, quickly, here's some ways one. and, And some of these things are, are yet to be, Yet, or, or yet to be announced, yet to be determined, yet to be scheduled, so I want you to be paying attention for them. One, uh, in the fall, we're going to launch a Blaney Connect class, and this is for people who are interested in membership in Blaney, uh, and we're going to have a four-week class, and we'll kind of walk through some of these things, uh, but there'll be a four-week, like a 101, 201, 301, 401 graduation ceremony. We'll get you a cap and gown and everything and do the... Maybe that, not that last part, but there'll be four weeks. Uh, and then you'll at the end, you'll say, yeah, I want to I want to join a church. I want to join the church or I want to get baptized or whatever the Lord has for you. Uh, that would be a great step into connection with the body and learn how who we are, what we're about, how we're how we are doing things, how we will be doing things. I think a lot has to be acknowledged that we're a people, we're a, we're a church that's, that's kind of pivoting in a lot of different ways right now. By God's grace, maybe that upsets you and maybe you're unaware of that, but that's my intention, Uh, that we're kind of we're growing together. And so there's the Blaney Connect class. I'm shooting for a week after Labor Day, but that's very squishy. Um, But that that would be something on the radar. Also in the fall, we're going to we're going to kind of relaunch our Sunday school classes um, and 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 have some community groups as well. Um, Something I've been stressed over. I know we're out of time, but you're getting it you got to go go do do your thing um close my eyes and you can run away uh i won't i won't see you uh that that i was kind of stressing that we did Sunday school and we had some community groups and that we were kind of running on two rails um d- during covid coming out of covid we we made a shift where our sunday school classes were going to be meeting after um you know after worship and that just that was an experiment that didn't work okay i'll acknowledge this Totally, experiment did not work. We're not going to do that anymore. Uh, we're going to have an, a Sunday school hour, um, eight forty-five, nine o'clock. I know that's early, but you can do it. Uh, and then we'll have worship at ten. And then we'll also have some com- community groups. And so we're going to hold. We're going to hold on to both, understanding that they function differently and they function toward different ends. And we'll talk about that more in the future. But we're looking to, to have a, a really a, a, a legitimate launch. Uh, in the fall. And so one, if you're, if you were a Sunday school teacher and you're interested in teaching again, uh, let me know uh, and we'll get you, we'll get you plugged in. Uh, if you're interested in community groups or having a hosting a community group or facilitating a community group, that's simply a group of people that meets at a home. And we'll talk about these things further. But, but if you're interested in, in any of these things, the Blaney connect class or some of our group life, um, please let me know and we'll, I'll get you and we'll, I'll let you know as, as it develops in the fall. Um, But some of you simply need to need to get connected to the source. You don't need to be worried about connected to the body quite yet. You need to make that step of decision and trusting in Jesus. The first step for you today would not be worrying about I need to get in all these groups. You're welcome. um, But your first step today would be, am I right with Jesus? Have I confessed my faith in Christ? Have I believed upon him? Do I truly believe that he's the son of God? And, and do I, do I, will I follow him? Will I abandon everything else and follow Jesus? I would love to talk to you about that. I'd love to pray with you through that decision. Some of you have, you've, you're a follower of Christ, but you've never really come out in public and been baptized. Um, I would encourage you, if you are a Christian who's never been baptized as a believer... Let's do that. That is a step of obedience. It's, a, it's really a, the beginning step of Christian discipleship. Um, so there's lots of different steps, lots of different ways for you to connect. There are things that I haven't mentioned. There's a leadership lab. There's mission things. Um, and we'll leave those things because I know I'm out of time. But, but there, there, all I'm trying to say is that there is a next step for you in connection to the body. There's steps for you to take in connecting to the Lord. There's steps for you to take in connecting to the body. And there will be steps next week for you connecting to God's mission in the world. Amen. Okay, let me pray for us. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus who has ascended and given his spirit in order to fill all things. We pray that your Holy Spirit would fill our lives, our hearts, our minds, our bodies, that we would be filled. For your sake in this world that you might fill our homes with your presence and your power and your gospel. You fill our workplaces and our neighborhoods and that you would fill this church and the bodies. That you would you would unite us together as the body of Christ. That you would do a work amongst us that would be a testimony of your goodness as you unite us and grow us into maturity together. Help us to see that we're interconnected, even in our age and society of individualism. Help us to see how connected we are, our life and spiritual maturity connected to one another. And would you give us grace to grow together that we might be more useful for the master and your work, Lord Jesus, and seeing the kingdom of God come to bear in Elgin and as far as our eyes and our minds can go. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.